So today I want to talk about the antidote to anxiety. And I want to start by way of introduction by simply asking, has there ever been a time in your life that things have been so overwhelming that you couldn't sleep? That you laid awake at night and just couldn't get rest, you tossed and turned or have there been times in your life that you were so preoccupied, preoccupied with a problem that you didn't know how to function? Or have there been issues in your life that seemed to dominate every waking thought that all you could think about was the issue at hand? If you have dealt with that, you know what anxiety is. You know what worry is. The fact is all of us have dealt with worry. All of us have dealt with stress. We've all dealt with anxiety. Chuck Swindoll calls worry the universal addiction. We've all had to face it. Paul understood the natural tendency to become anxious and worrisome. He knew that anxiety and worry and stress is one of the greatest thieves of joy. Listen, worry will take your peace. Worry will take your joy away. It will rob you of what God intends for you to have. And because of that, he writes these words in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Look at what he says. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't you hate it when somebody tells you, don't worry? That's exactly what Paul's saying. Don't worry about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul gives us the antidote to anxiety. He gives us the cure for worry. He tells us how to deal with the stress that comes into our life. And so this morning, as best as I can, with the help of God, I want to give you five ways to deal with worry and anxiety. So number one, refuse to worry about anything. Refuse to worry about anything. Now, as I said... We all hate it when somebody tells you, just don't worry. Refuse to worry. That's easier said than done. But Paul tells us in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. The New Living Translation says, don't worry about anything. And here's the thing, Paul doesn't give us any wiggle room, does he? He doesn't say it's okay to worry about some things. He doesn't say it's okay to worry a little bit. He says, don't worry about anything. And did you notice that it's a command? It's an imperative? Which means that it's possible to stop worrying? Think about that. If he says, don't worry, that means it's possible to not worry. If you were to look at the gospel, especially Matthew chapter 6, you'll see that Jesus teaches on worry, and he condemns worry, and he tells us why we shouldn't. Worry. So let's go to Matthew chapter 6 beginning at verse 25 through 33 and see what Jesus teaches about worry. He says, therefore I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? 
Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Let me just pause for a moment and say, if you want to deal with worry in your life, let me give you a great activity that will help you overcome worry. Take a walk and listen to nature. Go out at night and look at the stars and the moon. And God takes care of all that if you get anxious. If God takes care of all that, and if you walk during the day and you hear all the birds chirping, and God takes care of all that, and Jesus says, aren't you more valuable than they? Don't you think God will take care of you? Listen, that's a great practice if you get stressful and get worried and get anxious. Just go for a walk. Get out in nature and see that God takes care of all of it. Amen? Let's go on to the next verse. Verse Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Listen, can your worrying change anything? Verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field go, grow? They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you not that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Jesus says when you worry, you're showing doubt. You're showing lack of faith. Verse 31. So why? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, unbelievers, the people of this world, run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Listen, God knows what we need. He knows what we need before we even pray, before we even ask. He knows our necessities of life. He knows the essentials that we need day to day. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, don't worry about food. Then He says, don't worry about fashion, clothing. Don't worry about the future. And that's one big thing that we worry about, isn't it? The uncertainty of tomorrow. The uncertainty of next week. Not knowing what's going to happen. We don't worry about these things as well as so many other things. We worry about our, our health. We worry about our kids. In fact, sometimes we even worry about our worries, don't we? But we shouldn't worry. Jesus tells us don't worry. So why shouldn't we worry? Let me give you, I think, four things as why we shouldn't worry. Number one, worry is unnatural. Worry is unnatural. Do you realize that you weren't born worrying? You didn't come into this world worrying? That when you were a baby, when you were a child, you didn't worry about a thing? You had to learn how to worry. And, and guess what? If you can learn how to worry, you can unlearn how to worry. You see, we as humans are the only thing in God's creation that worries. Birds don't worry. Other animals don't worry. Plants don't worry. We're the only thing that God has created that worries. That's why I said go take a walk if you get stressed out and you'll find out that nothing else worries. God takes care of them. We worry about everything. See, if God takes care of the plants, the animals, the birds, the fish, everything, don't you think God will take care of you? Jesus said, aren't you more valuable 
than those things? Listen, we're the highest thing that God ever created. Made in His image and His likeness. He'll take care of us. Worry is unnatural. Secondly, worry is unhealthy. Worry is unhealthy. You see, because worrying is, isn't natural for us, it affects our body. Do you understand your body isn't made to worry? Your body isn't made for stress? Your body isn't made for anxiety? You want me to give you some Bible? Look at Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes, what does it say? Depression. That's the Word of God. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. That means that a lot of our physical ailments and physical sicknesses comes from worry, anxiety, stress. We bring it on ourselves. You know what the word worry means? It means to strangle or to choke. That means when we worry, we strangle strangle ourselves, we choke ourselves physically and spiritually. How many has ever heard the expression, I'm, I'm worrying to death? Well, that's what you're doing. Worry will choke the life out of you. In fact, over 100 diseases have been directly attributed to worry. Do you know worry will affect your blood pressure? Worry can cause ulcers, insomnia, heart problems. Worry will not only take away your physical energy, but it also affect your soul. Worry will kill you. It will put you in a grave quicker than you need to go. Listen to Proverbs 14.30. A heart at peace gives life to the body. A restful heart, a heart at peace, gives life to the body. How many want life? And didn't Jesus say that He came to give us life and life more abundantly? Listen, if you have the Prince of Peace inside of you, you you should have a heart that's at peace. Amen? And you'll have life. Much of our physical problems are the result of worry and stress. Number three, worry is unhelpful. Jesus said there, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I think the King James reads something like, can anybody by worrying add a cubit to a stature? In other words, can you change anything by worrying? You see, worry is wasted energy. There's nothing productive about worry. It leads to nowhere. It hinders us rather than helps us. You see, worry paralyzes us rather than energizes us. I heard somebody say this one time, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't take you anywhere. Worry doesn't change anything. Listen, have you put more money in the bank by worrying? Has it changed your health by worrying? No, it actually hindered your health. Did did worry solve your problem? Did worry make you sleep better? 
No. It's useless. It gives us something to do, but it doesn't change a single thing. It's unhelpful. But number four, worry is unnecessary. You see, worry causes us to lose sight of who we belong to. Jesus argues there in Matthew 6 that God is more than capable of taking care of us. He cares for the birds, the flowers, the animals. But when we worry, we show that we think that we're less important to God than these things. Listen, we aren't. As I said, we're created in the image of God. We're the highest of God's creation. And God will take care of us. He knows what we need before we ask. And because God knows what we need, He will take care of us. Peter 5, 7, 1 Peter 5, 7, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. You can cast it on Him because He cares for you. Listen, if you believe that God cares about you, you don't have to worry. So refuse to worry about anything. But here's the second thing I want you to see about overcoming anxiety. Talk to God about everything. Talk to God about everything. Look at verse 6 again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Paul says pray about everything. Instead of panicking, pray. Rather than worry, worship. Rather than being anxious, ask God for help. Isn't that what he says? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You see, if we prayed as much as we worried, we'd have a lot less to worry about. Think about that. If you prayed as much as you worried, you'd have a lot less to worry about. Can I just share something with you? When we worry instead of praying, do you know what we're acting like? We're acting like an atheist. Worrying is practical atheism. You see, when we worry, we act and live like God doesn't exist. Let it sink in. You see, worrying basically says that God is dead, and if He is alive, then He's incapable of doing anything about my situation. And that's how we live sometimes. I believe in God, but I'm going to worry... Because I don't believe God can take care of me. That's practical atheism. That's, that's being a Christian atheist. I don't want to live like that, do you? You see, we got to learn how to pray more and worry less. Listen to what James 4.2 says. You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because what? You do not ask God. James says we aren't living in victory, we aren't experiencing the things that God wants us to experience because we aren't turning to the Lord, because we aren't praying, we aren't asking. You see, we'll try everything else in the world to address our problems except the one thing that can really help, which is prayer. You see, for many of us, prayer is a last resort. You see, we've all been guilty at some time or another of saying something like this. All we can do now is pray. We'll we'll go to the doctor, we'll go to the financial advisor, we'll go to the counselor, and when all of that fails, it's, I guess all we can do now is pray. 
Is that how we actually see prayer? That all I can do now, Sister Mary, is pray. Everything else didn't work, so I guess I'll just pray now, Brother Tommy. That's foolish. I guess I'll just throw up a Hail Mary prayer to God and maybe He'll come through. That's how we live. Prayer shouldn't be a last resort. It should be the first option. It should be the very first thing we do. Just go to God in prayer and talk to Him about everything. The big things, the little things, it doesn't matter to Him. Talk to Him about everything. Tell Him how you feel. Tell Him what's on your mind. Listen, God is concerned, so tell Him about anything. Talk to Him about big things, little things, minor things, major things. Talk to Him about everything. Whatever worries you, whatever keeps you up at night, whatever causes you to weep, whatever breaks your heart, talk to God about everything. He'll listen. James says we don't have because we don't ask. If you want to get rid of your worry, if you want to lower your stress level, your anxiety, go to God in prayer about everything. Nothing's too big for Him. Nothing too small for Him. Prayer cures anxiety. Write this down if you want to take notes. Prayerful people are peaceful people. Prayerful people are peaceful people. How many believe that? That if you'll be in prayer, you'll be at peace. Hallelujah. Let me give you a third thing to deal with anxiety. Thank God in all things. Thank God in all things. I want to read verse 6 again. I want to read it this time in the New Living Translation. It says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And notice this. Thank Him for all He has done. Tell God what you need. And thank Him for all He has done. Do you understand you can't be happy and ungrateful at the same time? You can't be happy and ungrateful at the same time. You see, ungrateful people are unhappy people. You see, if we're going to deal with worry and anxiety, we've got to develop an attitude of gratitude. Look at what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice he doesn't say in most circumstances, or some circumstances, He says, give thanks in all circumstances. You see, it is the will of God for us to be thankful in every circumstance. You see, I can't tell you this morning what God's specific purpose is for you, what God's specific plan is for you, but I can tell you with 100% certainty that God desires for every one of us to give thanks in all circumstances. whether it's a good circumstance or a bad circumstance, whether you're on the mountain or in the valley, I can tell you with 100% certainty that while you're in that situation, God wants you to give thanks. Because here's the thing. There's always something to be thankful for. Even if it's just the fact that you're alive and you're saved and on your way to heaven, you can be thankful. 
Amen? So give thanks in all things. Let me move on to number four. Think about good things. You've got to think about good things. If you want to deal with worry, anxiety, and stress. You see, the war with worry, the war with anxiety, the war with stress, how many know where it's taking place? It's taking place in your mind. It's taking place in our thought life. You've you got to win the battle in the mind. And so what we feel our, fill our mind with, what we put in our mind, what we put in our thought life, will determine the level of stress in our life. And so you've heard this saying before, garbage in, garbage out. And so if you're going to overcome worry, deal with your thought life. Look at Philippians 4 verse 8. He says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what does he say? Think about such things. To worry less, you've got to control what you think about. To overcome worry, you've got to win the battle in your mind. And notice what he talks about. Whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If it's worthy of excellence or praiseworthy, think about such things, dwell on these things, meditate on these things, fill your mind with these things. These characteristics are a picture of God. These characteristics are a picture of His Word. And so if we fix our minds on God and His Word, we'll think good thoughts, we'll overcome wrong thinking, and it'll lead to less worry in our life. Can I just tell you that if you'll put the Word of God in your heart, if you'll put the Word of God in your mind, you'll worry less, you'll be less anxious, and you'll be less stressed out in life. Let me just say it this way. More word, less worry. Look at Psalm 119, 165. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Isn't that what I just said? More word, less worry. And if you love God's word, you'll have great peace. You won't stumble. To lower worry and stress, fix your mind on God, His Word. Fix your mind on eternal things. Can I tell you the reason we worry so much is because we live for this world below rather than the world to come? Let me say that again because some of you didn't catch it. The reason we worry so much is because we live for this world, we live for the here and now rather than the world to come. Some of you are still not getting it. We worry because we have too tight a grip on this world. And we forget that we're not here to stay. And so we stress out about stuff when we lose it. We stress out about stuff when it's gone. Listen, it's all going to be gone one day. That's why you can't put security and stuff here. I'm getting ahead of myself because it's already in my notes, but let me go ahead and preach it. That's why Jesus said lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Because here's the thing, money, you can lose it. It can be taken. Your health can be gone. A person can be gone. But if you lay up treasures in heaven, it can't be rusted. It can't be corrupted. It can't be taken. It can't be stolen. And if you'll put it up there, it'll be waiting on you when you get there. Let's go to the next script. What is it? Colossians chapter 3. Isaiah. You will keep him in perfect peace, 
whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. What does it say? He says, He'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Notice the capital Y. Who's who stayed on God. He'll keep in perfect peace. Now let's go to Colossians. I believe it is. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Where does it say to set your hearts? On things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You want to deal with worry in your life? Live for the next life, and not just this life. Here's what Corey Ten Boom said. I'll try to read it slow enough if you want to write this quote down. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. Let me read it again. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. I believe that. You've got to look to God. You've got to keep your eyes on Him because whatever you fix your focus on will determine how you feel. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me give you the fifth and final thing. I know I've, I've kind of talked more this morning. But I, want a, I, I want a holy peace, a godly peace to settle over this congregation and over the hearts and minds of everyone here today. Because I know there's a lot of people dealing with things this morning. Sickness and maybe financial issues, and I want you to experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. But notice number five, you've got to be content with anything. You've got to be content with anything. Now let me explain what contentment is and isn't. Contentment doesn't mean you have no, no ambition. Contentment doesn't mean you don't have passion or purpose. Contentment doesn't mean you're lazy or apathetic or that you're complacent or you just or fatalistic, that whatever's going to be is going to be. That's not what contentment is. Here's what contentment is. Contentment is enjoying what I have right now rather than waiting on something else to happen in order to be happy. Let me say that again. Contentment is enjoying what I have right now rather than waiting on something else to happen in order to be happy. In other words, contentment isn't dependent on our circumstances. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 11 and 12. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hunger, hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul said, I had to learn how to be content. You've got to learn how to be content. Whether you have a lot or little, you've got to learn to be content. So how do you learn contentment? Let me give you two things. You've got to stop comparing. You've got to stop comparing. You see, you'll never be content as long as you compare yourself to other people. You'll never be content as long as you're trying to 
line yourself up with somebody else's life. Trying to keep up with other people will never make you happy. It will never make you secure. It will never make you content. Look at Proverbs 14.30 again. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but notice the last part of it. But envy rots the bones. That when you compare yourself to other people, strive to be like somebody else, and when you envy somebody else's life, you're always going to be discontent. If you're always jealous of what somebody else has and what they do, you'll never be content. And yet that's what we do sometimes. Is we always want somebody else's life. Listen, if God wanted you to have that life, God would have given you that life. If God wanted you to be like them, He would have made you them. But can I tell you, God made you to be you. He created you just as He wanted you. He, he, he made you in the mold He made you and He threw that mold away. You are unique. You were created the way God wanted you to be created and He didn't make anybody else like you. And you've got to stop comparing yourself to be somebody else. You want to be content? You want less worry in your life? Don't compare yourself to other people. Live to please God and stop trying to please people. Amen? But here's the second thing if you want to be content. Stop thinking that having more is better. Stop thinking that having more is better. See, most people believe that having more will make them happy. And if I just had a little bit more, then I'd be content. Listen, having more won't make you happy. Having more won't make you more secure. Let me just say this, having more will make you more frustrated when it's gone. Having more doesn't make you more valuable. Having more only leads to wanting more. Look at Ecclesiastes 5.10. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. Everybody who gets more always wants more. That's just the way it is in life. But the things of this world, they don't last and they can't bring contentment because they don't last. You've got to put your security in something that lasts. You've got to put your security in something that will outlast you. That's why I said earlier, Jesus says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Store up treasures in heaven. Something that can go on before you. And so if your security is in money, if it's in health, if it's in a job, if it's in another person, listen, you'll lose all those things. But if your security is in Jesus, you can be content even if you lose everything else because as long as you have Him, you have everything you need. Amen? Listen, if I have Jesus, I have everything that I need. And so if you live for heaven, you'll learn to keep a loose grip, grip on the things of this earth. And you'll be less stressed when you lose everything else. So in closing, I know these five things aren't easy to do. It's not easy to refuse to worry about everything or talk to God about everything or thank God in all things or think about good things or be content with anything. It's not easy. So where do you find the power to do these things? Where do you find the energy to do these things? And I give you the answer. 
you go to God for help. Paul says this in Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, I can refuse to worry about anything when Christ strengthens me. I can pray about everything when He strengthens me. I can thank God in all things when He strengthens me. I can think about good things with His power in my life. I can be content with all things when He gives me strength. You see, through His power, through His strength, I can overcome worry. And I can be content. And I can be satisfied with Him. Job 22-21 says, Submit to God and be at peace with Him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. God is the answer to our stress. God is the answer to our worry. That if you'll acquaint yourself with God, submit to God, if you'll get to know Him, surrender to Him, He says you'll find peace and prosperity will come to your life. And then Philippians 4.9, Paul says this, Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. You see, God's peace comes to those that have ordered their lives in accordance with God's will. In other words, when you walk with God, the peace of God and the God of peace exercise their influence in your life. Listen, there's no need to worry. There's no need to be anxious. I know some of you have things going on in your life right now that you don't know the outcome of it. The future is uncertain. Listen, if you have God, there's no need to worry. There's no need to be anxious. There's no need to fear. Let me just say it this way. This way. With the peace of God to guard us and the God of peace to guide us, what do we have to worry about? Let me say it again. With the peace of God to guard us and the God of peace to guide us, why worry? Why worry? He's a good, good father. And He'll take care of His children. Stand with me. I want us to sing a song this morning.